Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Cavaliers out of the break. Not great, Bob. I mean, they won last night. They beat the Wizards, which barely is a, is a nine-point win of the Wizards. Really a win if you think about it. Still like, counts. We need to start having... I, I think against the spread needs to start becoming more in the NBA. That needs to you start. Think they factoring should just start. You, they should start playing the spread. I I don't know all the time. I don't want to commit to it all the way. But there needs to be like a points thing, like in hockey, where you if you only beat the Wizards by nine points, it doesn't count. You get like seventy five percent of the credit. You get seventy five percent of win. You don't get a hundred percent of the win. So you're saying the NBA should go to a. Uh, a win-loss points system. If they're not going to, I don't know, make games more competitive than the mean average of a, a game margin being 13 points, I think the least you could do is make it a little more fun. To talk about that insane idea that I just totally blurted out and didn't really think about, and so much more that I haven't really thought about, on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, Zach Harper, NBA writer for the Athletic, Sirius XM NBA Radio. Can I get you behind... The uh, uh, against the spread win percentage conversation. I think I'm, I'm on board. I think it should only apply to opponents who are 30 games under 500 or worse. So like the Wizards, the Spurs, the Hornets, uh, the Blazers, the Pistons, all these teams, you should have to beat them by whatever the spread is. All right. So now I'm going to go the opposite way. If you're 30 games above 500, should you get like, a win and a quarter of a win if you beat them, if you're one of those teams or maybe a team that's like the seventh seed. No, no. If you're <laughs> if you're 30 games over 500, I don't even think it should count as a win if you beat the Wizards by <laughs> by by whatever the spread is or more. Like, you maybe should have to double or triple it. I mean, it's the Wizards. They gave up, I don't know, decades ago? Like, this isn't a team that's exactly very serious about, about winning basketball games. We got to get one of those smart basketball people like Ken Palm on this. I bet you would have a model whipped up in like 30 minutes oh, easily, that would easily. make it so much fun. Um, the Cavs have uh, stumbled a little bit out of the break here. Is this significant? And to this point, is it significant and newsworthy how they've done the last five or six games? Uh, no, because I think, I think the grand story of the season so far has been this team is deeper than they were last year. The moves they made were great. And then they handled the injuries to Mobley and Garland so well and went on a surge and then integrated those guys back. And, like, you're going to have pitfalls throughout the season. You're going to have little downtimes. And I think the, the round the all-star break is, is one of those easy ones to fall into that, that I don't think tells you more about the, the season than, than the rest of, of what we've experienced so far. Like, if, it, if this happens more for, like, another week or two, then, yeah, you might feel like they've kind of let go of the rope a little bit. 
But this team's been so good. I think as long as they're in the mix of the two seed and they can get the two seed, I, I think that's more what you focus on. Hey, Zach, uh, you, you know, Darius Garland, uh, you know, 32 games. The, the numbers look pretty good, a little over 18 points. Uh, he's handed out over uh, six assists per game yet. And there seems to be some criticism out there uh, about his game. Just where do you think he's at right now? Uh, I mean, I don't think he's nearly as good as, as I expected him to be, and, and I think as most people did because, one, the injury. He missed a lot of time, right? And, two, I do still think, like, even though they were successful last season, they've been successful this season, there's still not that comfort with him and Donovan still on the court together. You know, like, I, it's not bad. It's not like, ooh, I don't know if this can work. I just don't think it's maximizing both players at all times. I think you've even seen Mobley suffer from that a little bit because there's – you know, those are two guys that need the ball in their hands to find that rhythm and to be at their best. And, and trying to spread that around, trying to get them in rhythm is tough. And Donovan's just been the better player, right? Like, Donovan's been incredible this year. He's been, you know, an all-star. He's, he's all-NBA. Um, you know, he's in the MVP conversation for, for a little bit. Like, you know, he's been so good. And I, I think that's going to be JB's biggest hurdle the rest of the season is how do we get Darius up to whatever his maximum potential can be while not having Donovan fall off, while not having Mobley fall off or any of the, the complimentary players around those three. It's tough. It's a tough juggling act because, you know, the, the cliche is there's only one basketball to go around. But in reality, like, yeah, there's, there's only one guy to really initiate the offense consistently and the other guys have to fall in line. Would you split Darius and Donovan's minutes? Um, yeah, I would stagger them a lot more. Like, I, I think that the that's kind of the luxury. Like, we always talk about when – you know, super teams come together or when you get, you know, two dynamic backcourt players together of like, the, the thing is like, there's always one of them on the court until you you're blowing out an opponent and then, and then it's, and then it's over. Right. And then you don't need either of them on the court. And I think that's the luxury that you have with that. Um, but staggering those minutes seems to be a, a struggle for any coach, not just, not just JB. I, I think that most coaches figure, all right, starter, got to have starters minutes, starters rotation, but I would find a way to maybe balance that out the best they can. Zach Harper on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Zach, um, this is kind of a conversation for the summer, but I think everybody's expecting Donovan to make a decision that makes the Cavaliers go one direction with this. But let's say Donovan goes to the Cavs and says, I'm in, give me the full extension, and I want to be here for that contract. We, so mm -hmm. we're not going the Paul George, as it's known. Um, and – and let's say the Cavs then decide, all right, let's see what we can get value-wise for Darius Garland. What would be his value if the Cavs tried to maybe turn him into a wing or or somebody that maybe fits better next to Donovan this summer? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can go after – I mean, the problem is, is finding those one-to-one those -one trades, right? I think you could you could move Darius for a couple of good role players and, and some picks to help build out you know the, the rest of that rotation down the road with cost-effective options. Um, I think if you could find a team that is willing to give up a, a wing, like, I, you know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that's, um, you know, you, you could move him to Orlando. Orlando certainly needs a point guard, but they're not going to give up Franz Wagner for him, right? Like, they're not going to give up that guy. And so they, you don't really, it's not an easy fit for that. You know, maybe you would try to move him to, um, to Toronto and get one of their wings outside of Scotty Barnes because he's not going anywhere. I don't know if there's that one guy, but I don't think it's a bad idea. I think the the concern with that is if if that's what happens is what happens then when Don, you know, Donovan's going to miss time at some point, right? What happens if Donovan misses time? Do you still have that guy? Is Craig Porter Jr. going to be 
a good enough backup point guard to consistently fill in and, and be that guy. It, it opens up problems, good problems to have, but I think, I think in terms of Garland's value, like you could get a lot, like he's so good. He's so dynamic. I think a lot of teams around the league would jump at the chance to go get him. Maybe that's someone like Utah who wants to bring him into the mix and they've got a bunch of guys that they can move. Um, but I think, I mean, I think Cleveland would have probably 20 teams calling about Darius right away. Zach, if Darius's struggles do continue down the stretch here, does that change or limit the ceiling for the Cavs in the playoffs? Yes, yes, absolutely. Because I, I think part of the the way that this team is constructed, and, and we didn't quite see it against the Knicks last year for, for whatever reason, is I thought the team was really incredible when Darius was on the floor and he had the ball in his hand. And, they, and it, you know, the first two games, Donovan was really good. And then after that, he struggled for whatever reason. And, and I thought it was the team was better when Darius was there. I think you kind of need that check and balance of if one guy doesn't have it going, well, at least you have this other all-star guard who's, who's in the mix. And so you need both of them to be good. You need both of them, especially with the way the East is playing out. I mean, they're, even, even a team's six through nine, six through eight, are going to be really dangerous, whether that's you're playing Orlando or you're playing Indiana or you're playing Miami or, or whomever. You know, it's not going to be an easy first-round win for, for whoever Cleveland ends up facing, and even if it's Philly, right? Even Philly can be dangerous. And so I think they need Darius up to, up to snuff to at least get into the second round, and then, and then who knows? Then maybe they can make a, a deep playoff run beyond that. There's been an, you know, because of what happened last year uh, in the uh, the first round there with the the Knicks really dominating the Cavaliers, uh, especially from a physical standpoint. New York really beat them up. Um, you know, JB uh, and the team has really tried to focus on answering that this year and being more physical. But we have seen at times this season those problems still arise. So my question yeah. to you is, what team? Set Boston aside because it feels like it's the Celtics and everyone else. But what team do the Cavaliers not want to face in the first round? You don't want to face Miami. Like I get, like everyone wants to look over Miami because it just doesn't look that impressive. I think Miami is consistently built for the playoffs, and and part of their problem is they don't take things as seriously as they need to during the regular season. But the playoffs come around, and they just flip that switch. They get into that mindset, and that's a dangerous game to play if you're Miami. Um, but that, that's a team that, like, I wouldn't want to deal with Jimmy Butler in a seven-game series. I wouldn't want as good a coach as JB is. Him going against Spo, like, Spo's the best coach in the league, and him going against Spo in a seven-game series could be trouble, especially if Miami's healthy. Bam is a, is a really incredible counter to whatever Jared Allen or Evan Mobley want to do, and, and they're just tough. Like, they're a tough team. They're not a big team, but they're very physical. Like, I think that would be a problem matchup for them. Um, but also, like, if Donovan plays like he's played this year – it might not matter, right? If Mobley comes back and, he, and or comes back to the playoff and, and is more aggressive and, and stronger than what we saw last year, um, it might not matter. Like, the talent is certainly there. Cleveland is really deep and really talented. But that toughness, like, yeah, that toughness is going to get tested immediately by whoever their opponent is. Would you sign up for a Cavs-Knicks playoff rematch? Oh, absolutely, because I thought it was going to be the best first-round series of, or at least of the East last year, and I was super disappointed because I just thought, here are two teams that match up really interestingly. The Cavs were such a, you know, they were the best defense in the league last year, and what, they're second this year in defensive rating. Like, I I just thought that was going to be an epic battle between Donovan and Jalen Brunson, and then after the first two games, man, it just sucked. Well, unless you're a Knicks fan, then it was great, but it was just like, from an entertainment standpoint, man, that was disappointing. 
Zach, got to hit you with one of the hot button topics from this weekend. Uh, should college basketball leaders ban court storming and save college basketball for once and all? I'm so sick of this. I got to get like I'm. I'm just so sick of one thing happens, and now all or two things happen. All of a sudden, it's like we have to have a referendum on this thing in sports that's always happened. Like that, the unwritten rules. Can we just play basketball and have it be fun, and not everything has to be this grand discussion of change? Like storming the court. I don't know. It might be kind of corny in certain situations. It might be awesome in certain situations. I think the maybe the the solution is don't get beat. Right, like, don't get beat on the road when you're the better team. Don't let the upset happen, and I, and then I think we'll be we'll be all I'll be okay and, and manage to survive the horrendous pandemic that is court storming. All right, I've been accused of this, so I'm asking you: you're not okay with this just because it was Duke that got the that got stormed on, right? No, 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 no. That has nothing to do. With, like, <laughs> I, I think like I I'm not a, I'm not a Duke hater, and I don't like Duke. I don't hate Duke. I just I like play good basketball, and that's all I care about. Like, I, that's all I'm interested in. But it does. It does make it kind of funny. Like, if I can be honest, like, it makes it kind of funny that it was Duke. And it and it's like Filipowski's kind of like the new Grayson. It was kind of like the new JJ. Yeah. Like, yeah. they always got one a-hole, and this is the guy that caused the kerfuffle. Like, what are we doing here? It couldn't have happened to any other player, right? Like, it had to be Filipowski. <laughs> Zach, I am proud of how much we agree on this this topic. We appreciate your time, buddy. Enjoy the second half of the season. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Zach Harper on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. This is a big to-do. If you guys missed it over the weekend, Wake Forest upset uh, Duke. They upset Duke, who is uh, a favorite team, one of the best teams in the conference. Wake Forest sneakily, by the way, the fourth best team in a pretty strong ACC. But it was a big moment. Like Steve Forbes and that program have been building to this moment uh, slowly but surely. And this moment for a lot of Wake Forest fans signified that they're truly on Duke and North Carolina's level again. And and not just Duke and North Carolina. Virginia's been atop the ACC. There are other programs. But the point is, it's a huge win for Wake Forest. And it had been building to this moment. And predictably, the the Wake fans stormed the court. And then uh, Kyle Filipowski of Duke ended up coming up with a sprained ankle. And that led the Duke head coach, John Shire, on this hell-on-earth kind of tangent about how we need to finally ban court storming and the sky is falling and how have we not done this? And then, you know what? I'm going to wait for that. I'm going to wait because I want you to weigh in what Zach had to say on court storming. Keith is free on this one because Keith's got some uh, so- something to say about court storming. I'm ready. I'm like that guy in Game of the Thrones uh, one, one, one game of the, the Thrones. Game of the Thrones. Yes, that's what we call it. Those of us who haven't watched it, Game of Thrones, with the the guy, the one guy pulling the uh, the sword from his sheath to face an entire army. I'm that guy today. As, court as storming. they do in Game of the Thrones. Game of <laughs> the Thrones. Yes, Game of the Thrones sounds like like some sort of competition and a bunch of guys using the bathroom. But that's neither here nor there. So your thoughts on court storming and the rabble rousing in college basketball? I miss Mike Shashevsky. I because I don't know that we get that take from Mike Shashevsky. I guarantee we do. Um, That's my Mike Shashevsky. Yeah, it's he, been a little rusty. Haven't done it in two years. Here's, I don't have an issue with court storming uh, on limited occasions. Like I mm-hmm. love college football. You have an upset. Yeah. Students storm the field. They take down the goalposts. 
Look, so ah, like Wake Forest beating Duke to signify that they're one of the top dogs in the ACC. That'd be something that you could get behind, right? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay. I, I have so this not, was one of those wins where court storming just, actually is like right. legitimate. I, I just... I'm not just brow beating you I, before I, you get your point no, out. No, I know. You're, you're, you should I'm be, ready. I know. You're out of breath from taking your victory lap there after we had Zach on. I but, think I'm uh, just out of breath because I'm fat. But what, go ahead. See, <laughs> for once, I, I wasn't going to go with the fat joke. And, <laughs> that was Donkey Kong getting it on, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> when the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. If it's a top team upset, right, unranked team upsets a top team, Mm -hmm. I don't have an issue with it. Mm -hmm. Now, should you be storming the court after every college basketball game? No. They don't, by the way. By the way, also, too, I think that there's – Get the losing team off the floor quickly. Uh-huh. Like there can be things to protect the player because right, this is what this is all about. The argument is, well, someone could get hurt, right? Well, you know what? Stuff happens too in life. Mm-hmm. Like no one's rooting for anyone to get hurt. All right, I'm not rooting for the goalpost to fall on someone's head when they take them down. Kind of but sounds they, like you are. But that is one of the cooler scenes in in college football when the the students storm the floor, storm the field, and they take down the goalposts and they carry the things out of the stadium. So I can't tell. Are you pro or anti court storming? I am pro. I think you're riding the fence here. Well, no, because you said in some cases. In in some cases, yeah, it's got to be meaningful. Like Appala- well, you know, Appalachian, Appalachian State what, beating. How do we have to have uh, court storming qualifications? Yeah. Like okay, you could be no better than a fifteen Listen, seed. Listen, if you want to do and a they've point, got to be a top five seed. Right, if you want to do a point system in the NBA, we can have a point system for court storming well, no, in college I'm, I'm basketball. I'm trying to keep the fun. It's just funny. Like people talk all the time about college basketball. We got to save college basketball, and then this is the kind of dumb crap that they focus on. One, Kyle Filipowski is one of the dirtiest players in the ACC, and quite frankly, I wasn't just uh, there wasn't a hyperbole about him being the next Grayson Allen. He totally tripped a kid and it's so funny because if you watch that video there have been people storm oh he didn't have time i don't know because his leg was far out there than the previous four strides it sure seems like he had the time to trip the wake forest fan in his defense once you cross the white lines whatever happens happens it's not the thunderdome 
All right, it's not it's not two it. men enter, one men leave. No. These listen, and here's the thing, college uh, court storming happens in basketball more than it happens in football. So these guys should Here's what it was. Kyle Filipowski didn't like losing to Wake, and he had been hearing it from the Wake fans the whole time, and then he tripped somebody injuring his ankle. Good. You're an idiot. <laughs> That's called karma. Don't do that. So the point is, listen, do I see the dangers of of court storming? Yes, hypothetically I do. But people are like, somebody could die. Somebody could get stampeded. It's literally never happened, Jack. You're creating a problem that isn't there. Literally, this this will be the first injury in court storming. And I get it. And you know what's going to happen next? What's that? Lawyers are going to get involved. Oh, they've always been involved. Just how, say but, it. But by the way, how many people have actually been sued for, for storming the court or vice versa? For getting hit, I don't when, know. I I didn't. I I I failed the show I've by not researching that before well, we went no. on the well, air. Well, my point is, I've never heard of it. So nobody's suing over this, right? They might now because it's a big story. Maybe somebody views it, but it's a big story. It's a big nothing burger. Like, didn't a Laker knock out a Celtics fan at the Boston Garden back in the day? Didn't that happen in the NBA Finals? And okay. and, and the player got sued. Um. Well, okay, but I think that's a little bit different than like in college basketball. I think the expectations in a professional environment versus a college environment in the NBA, no one's going to rush the court because you have six or thirty twenty thousand people. I well, get back the number in the right. day, they used to storm courts in the NBA. They it was one time. It was one time. It was called the Malice in the Palace. It no, happens no, 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 once no, no, no. every t- twenty I, years. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm talking like in the eighties. Okay, in the seventies, and that didn't even happen anymore because that was the seventies and eighties. Cocaine was rampant in the streets back then. It's still in the streets now. I was gonna say I realized, but now we got Molly. We got all these other fun things too. However, I get back to the point. The point is, nobody's ever died from this. All right, no one's ever been seriously injured. No one's careers are over. And John Shire's private school ass is out here. Somebody's gonna somebody's gonna ban this. Somebody's gonna get hurt. You mean like the fan that your best player cheaply took a shot at and tripped? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fans are going to get hurt if your ass-clown team can't get off the damn court. And here's the thing. I'm not even that anti-Duke. I do favor North Carolina from my time in Charlotte. But the reality is, this is exactly what Duke does. Duke is Duke. This, this pious crap about, oh, the sky's falling. Everything has to be set in line so Duke can just feel comfortable. You got to swaddle their ass so they'll feel good enough to go out there. You got beat. Just admit it. You're not pissed about the court storming. You're pissed you got beat. Well, you know what? Get over it. You know what? Hey, Duke, I know that you rig the world in favor of Duke. You're one of the 10 schools that can just rig the world. It's Harvard. It's Yale. It's Duke. I get it. You like having things your way. The whole world doesn't revolve around you. Shut up. Quit complaining. And court storming isn't the big ugly in basketball. Feel better? Keith, come on. I would just ask you, you don't think those fans that... Listen, I have no problem with like the court storming in general, but when you do, and I, this instance is different because, like you said, maybe he's the one that initiated it. Mm-hmm. But the Caitlin Clark thing, uh-huh. like, I'm not saying this happens every day, but if something like that happens and it's a serious injury, but it was like there, I know that, but you're you're I'm playing hypotheticals. I can do uh-huh. my hypothetical. You can do yours. So I'm saying there's a rule in place that you can't storm the court during the game, right? If, if somebody comes out of the crowd and runs onto the field during a football game or runs onto the court during the basketball game, what happens? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, yeah we're not talking, but we're not talking about storming the court in the middle of I'm, the game. I'm just asking a question. I'm just what asking a the question. They get arrested. Okay. So that is to protect the players, right? 
Uh, so if somebody comes out of the, the crowd and does this post game, I say if they if they initiate and make contact with an opposing player like that, they should be open and susceptible to being arrested or something. Okay, like if, now, now we're different. That's what I'm saying. Like, like Jay Billis today said they should arrest anybody that storms the I don't think he should just be court. arrested for storming yeah, the court. I think that's, that's the dumbest that's thing That's going to be a very crowded jail. But I, also, by the way, there is such something as an accident. Like if you look back to the Caitlin Clark thing, Caitlin was didn't have her head up. She was looking off to the side. The girl was running and not paying attention. It's okay that accidents happen in the world. Like sometimes two people don't pay attention and a bad thing happens. That doesn't mean somebody should get arrested. Now, if the if the Wake Forest person had gone out of their way to initiate the contact with Filipowski, I'm cool with it. As long as we're cool with Filipowski uh, getting um, some sort of charge against him for that Bush League tripping the kid. That's yeah, that, I, I don't, I don't know that it goes both ways in this. You're, you're uh, entering their playing floor. Uh, no, it stops being your playing floor the second your ass got beat. That you're trying to get back. to the locker room. Um, in this instance, it's different with what he did. But I'm saying, like, I don't know. Like, he, maybe he's just trying to get to the locker so room. So then, in another then instance. he could just start trucking people in the face, and it'd well, be okay. How else are you going to get there? Um, well, you could just be patient, keep your head be on a patient. swivel. Yeah, because it's going to calm down in a couple minutes. Well, no, I mean, I don't think it's that hard. I've walked through crowds surging one way before. You've, you've parted patient. the Red Sea. I've, I've seen it. I've parted the Red Sea. Um, How'd you do that? I, I usually Have just fall into Nick? the water. <laughs> no. Um, I'm very in, I'm very intimidating if you don't let me talk to you. If I just, if you don't, if you can't tell, if I'm not talking, I might look intimidating to some people who don't know me. Um, and those are crowds. However, I think the whole thing is, one, you're trying to have the same rules for and not you, but there are people trying to make the the case of there's no court storming in the NBA, there's no court storming, uh, field storming the NFL. Guys, this is the difference. You have 20 liquored up college students out there having fun. The environment's totally different. And it is an important part of the game. Like, court storming does have value. What was the Kansas? The Kansas win last year where they stormed the field. That was a really cool moment. And what I, what I get frustrated is these – these incidences are so few and far between. Like, you gave the hypothetical about it. Well, what happens if a serious injury? They haven't. They haven't. So, like, to to go ahead and do it out of a hypothetical, I'm not saying you are, but for them, like Jay Bill is saying, arrest these kids if they're on the court. Why? Because the Duke player got out and tripped a dude? Because Caitlin Clark didn't have her head up? And honestly, in that environment, yes, players players are smart enough to know when you just lost on somebody else's court, there's a chance they're going to storm the court. So I'm not saying Caitlin was responsible, but she could have avoided it by having her head up, knowing that people were storming the court. Kyle Filipowski yesterday could have had his head up, and he did. That's why he tripped the dude. That's why he trucked the dude. So, like, I just think it's really insincere. And I think I, I think it's one of those rare cases where nothing really bad ever comes of this. This is the worst it'll get. And in this one case, the one most significant injury I've ever seen in court storming has been a guy who was using his foot to trip somebody who was running as fast as they could. Congrats. You're a moron. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember this as a kid. When somebody's running f- full bore, you don't stick your foot out and go, oh, no, you don't do that. You know why? Because that's how you get your foot broke. So maybe next time, don't be an idiot. You went to Duke. You're supposed to have all the common sense in the world. You're supposed to be the smart well, guy. The, 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 it's a very prestigious university. I can say that I while still crapping on Kyle Filipowski. But the point is, like, do better. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.